0: Well, hello and welcome to the very next episode of the Remedy with Tobecito. That did sound loud.
1: <laughs> Help me off guard a little bit there, sorry. I,
0: I was like, whoa. I'm still I'm tweaking scared, our new stuff in here. Kevin. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. So happy to have you all here today and um so excited about This episode and really appreciate the sponsors of today's episode. We have Sydney arms and Courtney Clark who, um, sent a very, very, very generous donation and are sponsors of today's episode. So thank you so much, Sydney and Courtney. Um, thank you for your sweet note that came with the donation and for just being great supporters and encouragers of the remedy. We, um, we really appreciate it. If you are interested in being a sponsor, of an upcoming episode, um, Kevin and I would greatly appreciate it. Um, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to Tobacito.com and click on the remedy and then click on, um, make a contribution and easy peasy. Um, and, or you can just Venmo Tova-Sito and any amount, uh, really, really helps. Uh, episode is, well, depending on how generous Kevin is feeling, uh the average cost no the average cost <laughs> of an episode is around $200 so um everybody always asks me that so that's that's what it costs but any amount always helps so thank you thank you thank you to those of you who contribute and thank you for those of you who um subscribe to the podcast like the podcast rate the podcast um, we have we have a five star rating. Did you know that even Oprah doesn't have a five star rating on I did not her know that. podcast? That's I, pretty impressive. I, 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 <laughs> I'm sure she has a lot more listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, but a lot more people with hey, opinions. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yes, I will too. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for um, being great supporters and listeners of the Remedy. Okay, so I am so happy. To have Letitia Wheeler. Am I saying that exactly right? Exactly right. <laughs> okay, Letitia Wheeler is in the studio today. I met her. She. If y'all could, I wish you go. Y'all, I'm. I'm gonna get a picture with Letitia so y'all can see how gorgeous this girl <laughs> oh, is. So sweet. Oh, uh, the hair, the hair, the <laughs> eyes, the skin. You're oh, so beautiful. Thank you. And you just had. You just celebrated 16 years with your husband. I just found that years, out, and yes. I freaked out because you don't. You don't look like you could have been (laughs) married for five years. I thought you were going to say six when you started. So so you look... Really young, thank you. If you've been married 16 years, doesn't she? Kev? Kev's <laughs> really? like, she, thank yeah, you, Kevin. Kev's over here shaking his head. <laughs> no, <laughs> nodding my head. No, that That's what I mean, nodding. Yes, yes, like, yeah, she's beautiful. Thank you, just beautiful. Tova
1: always has the prettiest guests.
0: Oh. I, I really do. You always tell me I have such pretty friends. You do, you always have the
1: most attractive guests. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, it's that's true. because
2: you are beautiful as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, she
1: just attract, attract, yeah, attracts, bring the that's that.
0: right. I usually come here straight after yoga, so it's it's actually not not my best. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin always gets stinky toga.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get stinky bedhead, Kevin, too, because so, we're always on the. You it's always do, the weekends. So. Yeah,
0: you do always have bedhead. In <laughs> yeah. Look at his bedhead in the back. I was I never
1: on the weekends. I never shower before. I just I come thought that in, was so. his
0: style. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was seriously <laughs> laughing to myself a second ago when you turned your head like I saw the back of your when head. What do I have, like, a big... P- you got You got some yeah. rockin' bed head yeah. today. You must have had a good night. I need sleep. a haircut, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I was recommended. I love when people give me suggestions about um, who to have yeah. on my show. A Another listener named Amber George, yes. who's a mutual acquaintance of yes. ours, Um Reached out to me and said, "Hey, I know somebody who would be a great guest on." And she told awesome. me a little bit, yeah. like, and I, I was telling you before we started recording, I don't like to know hardly anything right. before I meet someone or talk to someone right. about whatever it is we're going to talk about because I want it to be, I want to hear it for the first time with everybody else, right? Um, so I know, I know a couple things about you. Okay, I know that you're half. Yeah. Are you half white, half black? I am. Okay. Yes. You're half. I knew you were half something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yes. I know that you wrote a book. Yes. Called Half Breed. Yes. Finding Unity in a Divided World. Yes. So
2: um, let me let's get a little bit of background. Okay. Um, uh, where did you grow up? Well, that's part of the story, but okay. part of my half breed story. But um, I would say majority of my childhood, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. But um, I love Seattle. part of that. Yes, it's so gorgeous. It's a great place. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, Washington, but also in Texas, and also in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Oh, so um, three very different. It just places. depends on what age you want to ask me where did I live. But yeah. so you were born in Seattle. I was born in Seattle when I was two. I moved to Texas. And had an opportunity to live between Houston and Dallas. And then when I was uh, eight, moved back to Seattle and mm-hmm. lived in the northern Seattle area. And when I was in eighth grade, moved to Lake Charles, Louisiana. Ninth, tenth grade, moved back to Seattle, went to college, graduated, moved to Texas the day after I graduated. Oh,
0: wow. So And, and did you move right back here to Dallas? Or did you move here to Dallas?
2: I moved to Dallas, yes. Well, I'm okay. North Dallas McKinney. Mm -hmm. Right, when I was 22 years old. Okay. Yes.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, why did you move to Texas? Why did you move to Dallas?
2: Um, Well, my husband, or soon-to-be husband at the time, got a job offer to move us here. And I have family here, so I said, hey... I would love to move back to Texas because I have family there. My dad's family is from originally from Texas and which is why I lived here when I was younger as well. Okay. And so we moved here and we've been here ever since. We fell in love with it again. My husband is originally born and raised in Seattle his whole life. Mm. And so he he fell in love with it after a while. And so we we have never moved back to Seattle. So y'all met in college? Well, he um, we went to the same college, but he's a few years older than I am. Okay. And so we both uh worked at the same company post-college, and I ran track in college. He played basketball in college, so it was a natural conversation starter, and he came to watch me at my track meets, and we fell in love. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. So is he super tall? <laughs> well, he's um, six foot, so I think he would actually say he's not that tall for a basketball yeah. player. So, um, but he's taller than me. What?
1: <laughs> that's how tall I am. It makes me feel really tall.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. You're tall. Well, I think for a female, you know, yeah. I th- I'm about 5'8", so it's probably a little bit taller than average. So. Yeah, I'm 5'4", yeah. so okay. to me, you're okay, real I'm tall. tall. <laughs> and are you wearing heels? Well, I'm not today, but typically I am, so, you know, I'm usually a little...
1: And my wife is Tovis height, <laughs> so you seem really tall to me. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's tall. She's tall
0: and yeah. gorgeous. thank
2: you so much.
0: Um, okay, so you were born to a... White mom
2: yeah, or, or so, black mom? Yeah, so my mother is actually, she's white. My grandmother was born and raised in Germany. So my mother was okay. actually born in Germany. Okay. So, um, and then my mother, so my mother's Caucasian and my father is black.
0: Okay. Yes. And were they married? Yes. Okay, so are they still married? Yes, they are. They okay. just
2: celebrated 40 years two weeks ago. Wow. Yes.
0: So they were a couple, a black and white couple. Yes. What Now it's widely accepted right um well much I mean, more much more let's say that let's not get yes. carried away Right. <laughs> tap the brakes a little bit right. on on how accepting the world right. is <laughs> <laughs> yes, <well done. laughs> um but uh but 40 years ago yes when they were
2: dating right. and courting one another it right. probably wasn't no, so so it was in 70s, so they got married in 1979, but they were dating, you know, years up until that point, so definitely not as acceptable mm-hmm. at that time frame. Did they feel that? Absolutely. They did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and even both of their families, obviously they loved them and over time, but even I think their own families maybe had, you know, their own um, feelings of, you know, questioning, or, or did they feel comfortable with that at the time, just because where society was you know, sure. At that time as well, you know, um, until you bring a grandbaby into the picture, you know, then families fall in love with babies and they overlook those things, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So who's, which if either family had more of an issue, was it both the white and the black family were like, this, this isn't ideal. Did both did, was there a little bit of tension on both for both?
2: I think probably a little bit on both, and, and maybe not verbally, you know, mm-hmm. maybe just more in, in their hearts or just, you know, concern. Is, is society going to be okay with this? Is, mm-hmm. you know, is the community going to be okay with this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it, it probably was equal really on both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mother is Spanish. Okay. Um, and my dad's very white. Yeah. And so my mom was, you know, dark, dark skin, yeah. dark hair, dark eyes. Right. And, My parents were in Colorado when they met and fell in love. And my father's parents had a problem with him marrying my mom. Yes. Um, And, I mean, it was an issue. Right. And I'm trying to think. I was born in 71. My sister, so they probably got married in 68, 69. Right. And... I mean it was an issue right. for them. And, Absolutely. And it was an issue. I would say you know my dad's family of course now is very accepting but and and the grandparents were always lovely right. to me but there was a divide. Oh, okay. There was a divide with oh. our family and then his he had mm-hmm. two sisters that married white. Right. And their families it was it was obvious that there was a lot of connection between right. Everybody else, and we were kind of the outsiders. Wow. So I, I felt that. I mean, and wow, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. I so the community
2: that. my dad grew up in, mm-hmm. a small country Texas rural town. Where? Where um, is it? Where did he grow up? It, he grew up in uh, it's called Schillingburg, Texas. I've
0: never heard of that. Yeah,
2: okay. no, most people haven't. A little country mm-hmm. town, two thousand, between Houston and San Antonio, off of I ninety, okay. and probably at that time in the late sixties, early seventies, easily whites on one side blacks on the Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. and so my my grandparents were probably very concerned on you know their son Mm
3: -hmm. marrying
2: dating a white white lady Mm -hmm. you know and how Mm -hmm. would that look in the community Mm -hmm. and how what type of pressures or um obstacles would that present Mm -hmm. for my dad but my Mm -hmm. dad from the very beginning said that's not you know society is not going to stop me. Mm. And what people think of me is not going to stop me. Love that. And so he brought home, you know, Caucasian wife and a little mixed baby. And and I was, so I was the first biracial grandchild. Now, Big Mama, who we affectionately, my grandmother, who we affectionately call Big Mama in the black community, (laughs) Big Mama, has probably 45 grandchildren. (gasps) Wow. And probably 55 to 60 great-grandchildren and Whoa. at this point I would say Okay, so this is your dad's mom. My dad's so mom. So how many children did she have? She had 15. She had 15. She birthed 15 children. Yes. What in the world? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so same man? Same man. Same husband. <laughs> yes. Girl same got it going. Yeah. On. I know. I know. I felt I felt short only having wow. two children. But yeah, so fifteen. So your dad has fourteen siblings. Fourteen siblings.
0: Absolutely. Does she know the names of all of her grandchildren? She, she knows
2: all of them. Yes, she knows them. She knows their birthdays. Um, she has great-grandchildren. Now she has great-great. She at least, see, at least two great-greats. And they're, there's probably at least eight to nine great-great-grandchildren at this time. So she's 87, still kicking. Is your grandfather still alive? My grandfather passed about 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So do you all have family reunions? So, every <laughs> gathering is a family reunion for us, so <laughs> yeah. wow. but we do. We have a family reunion every Juneteenth every summer mm-hmm. uh, in um June nineteenth approximately between the dates of Father's Day in Texas down in Schillingberg, and there's a big family reunion, but pretty much every Christmas, every Thanksgiving is a family reunion when you have that many cousins and aunts and uncles, you're always meeting a new relative.
0: That or a significant other (laughs) or significant other,
2: absolutely. That is absolutely I have
0: never heard of such a big family. Yes, it's it's
2: it's humongous. (laughs) Gigantic So
0: are all of your dad's siblings still alive?
2: All but one. My dad's wow. closest brother, Klingon, passed uh, probably 16, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, the rest of them, yes, are still living. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes.
0: Okay, so did your dad deal with um, racism growing up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you said there was like the white side and
2: yeah. the black side of town. but absolutely. You know, and and my dad, you know, he, he's so positive. And the way he lived his life was that you know, I'm not going to allow racism or any kind of discrimination or really ob- any obstacle in my life hold me back from who I am and who I know I am.
3: I love that. And
2: so um, one story that I know well is that his senior year, my dad was a straight-A student, was a football uh, player, and um, his senior year, it was college day. It was career college day. And they told all of the white students to go stand in line to go meet the different colleges and they told all of the black students to go stand in line for the army. And so he oh, didn't wow. have the the privilege to go stand in line to meet any of the, you know, the the, the recruiters from wow. the colleges. Wow. And so it, it was things like that, that that was how, it, that's what it looked like in a small country town that was segregated back in the, you know, early wow. 70s, late 60s. So that was the community, you know, mm-hmm. that he grew up in mm-hmm. and. Um, so he did and eventually go to the Army and, and moved to Seattle, where uh, Fort Lewis is. And that's how he met my mother. And how did they meet? Well, they met at the dance club on the dance floor. Love that. <laughs> in did the 70s. It? Absolutely. Yes. They both love, love, love to dance. My mm-hmm. mother has the greatest hips and can swing those hips and and greatest dancer. So they met on the dance floor um, on the Army base, the NCO club in Fort Lewis, Washington.
0: And what was your mom doing? She was dancing. <laughs> In life, what was she doing? Life, in life? Yeah, so
2: she too, <laughs> she was dancing. She I was got dancing. that. <laughs> <laughs> she still she just had a birthday she was still dancing at a birthday party Aww. too so yeah so her and her friends they lived in olympia uh, because that's where her parents settled down um her mother was originally born and raised in germany and her father was in the military and settled down there in fort lewis as well oh, okay. so she too they both were just fresh out of high school hanging out with friends working and uh so her and her friends on the weekends would go and hang out with those on the go. At the dance club, the bass. You know the bass. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So,
0: how old were they? They both
2: were nineteen.
0: And how fast?
2: How soon did so, they get married? Um, they dated for about two years, oh. and they got married within two year uh, two years.
0: Yes. Okay, so they get married.
2: Yes. And they have you. Yes. So how soon after? Um, immediately. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like honeymoon baby. Okay. Yes. So, and the, at this point they're what? 21, 22? They're about 22. Yes. 22, 23 ish at that point. Yes. Okay. And yeah. they have you, they have me and then they have three more every two years. Oh, wow. So I have three sisters. There's four daughters every two years. There's four girls. So they have four girls in six years. Oh, man. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Do you all all look alike? We do. So if you saw my sisters walk in right now, I'm sure we we all are different shades of hair color at this point, Mm -hmm. but if they walked in the room, you would know they're my sisters.
0: Do you all have that same fabulous hair?
2: We all have curly, crazy hair. Yes. Thank God.
0: One (laughs) of you didn't get like the short stick. (laughs) Yeah. Like doesn't have
2: fabulous hair. Yeah. We all have our different, you know, they're all variations of curly hair, you know, Mm -hmm. but we Mm -hmm. all have the same curly, crazy hair. No, oh, it's beautiful. Which was not fun to do in the 80s when there were not curly hair products. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: right. Um
2: so what so tell me what inspired yeah, this book. Let's absolutely. talk about the the book. Absolutely. So fast forward mini moons. Um so probably 2017. So fast forward 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, what was so going just on? two years ago? Yes, yeah, so just two years ago. What was going on that year? Um, if you remember, there was a lot of national national catastrophes. Mm-hmm. There was the hurricanes that happened. There were wildfire uh, f- uh, fires, um, earthquakes. So there was a lot of uh, trepidation going on. Um, also politically, there was a lot of just on social media friends. You know, I think Trump had just taken office. Of so those who were anti-Trump or for Trump, were mm-hmm. going at each other on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, it also was the time of the NFL when Colin Kaepernick had just uh, started the stand versus kneel and, mm-hmm. and, and really was taking a stand for the lives that had been taken here in America. Mm-hmm. And so you had the NFL players who were standing, you had some that were kneeling, and you had a lot of fans that were really upset and chiming in. Mm-hmm. And you had family members, friends on social media unfriending each other. You know, banter going back and forth, and there was a lot of division, just mm-hmm. a lot of division socially, politically, racially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my heart really started to stir at that time. Mm-hmm. And I've never been one to chime in really on any of those topics. Um, I've always found my, myself a, a person to easily get along with a lot of people, love a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and because of the relationships that I had opportunity growing up with. And so, but my heart just really started to become really heavy and burdened, and I felt like I needed to do something or say something, which was odd because I never felt obligated to, you know, have a voice or for people to hear me on a larger scale. And by the end of that year, um, I really felt like I needed to share my story. Mm. So, beginning of 2018, uh, I talked to my pastor and I said, "Hey, w- w- you know, what do you think? What should be said on on these topics?" and I felt like he was a good person to go to because the church he leads and had led for over forty something years was the more, most diverse church in North Dallas, mm-hmm. and every color shade uh, you you could see. What's the name of the church? Co- tr- Covenant Church in Carrollton, and there's okay. multiple campuses. I attend the one in McKinney, but it's a very diverse church, and that's the reason my husband and I went there because we're both multi come from multicultural families, mm-hmm. and you know whether it, it didn't matter every color age creed financial status was all in this church right so what what
0: is your what is your husband
2: my husband is biracial also so his okay. father is creole from louisiana okay. louisiana or louisiana depending yeah. on where you're from yeah. um and his mother is uh, caucasian and indian as well okay. so um his brothers and sisters their eyeball, each of their eyes, uh, every color—gray, blue, hazel, green, oh, wow. brown—they they have it all. So wow. uh, he's biracial. So our children are very biracial. Mm, yeah, <laughs> they're very mixed. They're they're they are very mixed. they <laughs> are they are very mixed they are very mixed, right? <laughs> so, um, so I felt like my pastor had the answer, and so he looked at me and he said, "You need to ask God. He has the answer for you." Mm. And I thought. Well, I don't want that. I don't like that answer. I want you to tell me so that I can tell everybody what you said. You're the pastor, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I started praying about it in 2018. The answer was share your story, write a book, share your story. And I thought, well, what's so special about my story? And that's when I had an opportunity to reflect is that I've attended 13 different schools by the time I was 15 and three different states. I had come from a biracial family. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, is actually born and raised in Germany, and she actually fought to break through the East Berlin Wall. Mm. That wall was to divide and keep people separate. She fought, broke through, and went back to help her mother escape through that wall. Mm. Brings her to America, meets my Irish-American grandfather. And then on my father's side my maternal grandparents are black, raised in the segregated south. They fought division as well. Mm-hmm. And their children marry have a grandchild who represents reconciliation among the races, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I love that
0: you see yourself like that.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. It it took some That's a great
0: way to <laughs> I I love it, but that's I've never heard
2: anybody articulate that, but but that's exactly what you represent. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, and it, it took some, you know, some reflection to think of it that way, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I think in anyone in life, you think of maybe the negative things that happened in life mm-hmm. and you're like, what well, was me? Why did I have to go through that? And then, you know, many times those very things are the, uh, are what build us and make us strong. Sure. And it becomes really, it's the part, it's your purpose. It's why you were born, right. you know, and so. I think even writing this book helped give me that perspective that mm-hmm. I was born for this. I was born to help bring people together and to unify people. And my very life story shares that. And the schools I went to, 13 different schools, Louisiana, Washington, and Texas, rural, city, urban, completely different neighborhoods, whether it was the inner city or whether it was the suburbs. Or Is live- this
0: because your dad was... In the military? Is well, that why you move so he much? He ended up
2: working so- for it. No, you're fine. He ended up working for it. I air- just kicked her. That's why I said it.
0: Incidentally. Like, it was a love tap. She yes. said, yeah.
1: yes. I could see it out of the corner of my eye.
2: <laughs> right. Um, he worked for an aircraft carrier that did massive hires and massive layoffs every three years. And so- Massive hires meant you move back to Seattle and and you work, and massive layoffs mean you got to go find something else to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, it put us in a, you know, most people in that situation having to find other work to do um, when there would be massive layoffs. That's stressful. Very stressful. Absolutely. Especially when you have a family of six and four girls, you know, trying to raise them. So. Yeah. So schools that I went to, I went to all white schools. Many times when I lived in Seattle, the schools I went to, the makeup demographics were typically all white. Um, I lived in Houston in the inner city and went to all black schools. I went to biracial schools that were mixed evenly. When I lived in Lake Charles, I went to schools that were, um, I met Creole people for the first time, which was interesting to me because I'm biracial, and and so I know what that typically looks like as far as mixed black and white. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Lake Charles, I would see people who were lighter skinned than I was, had blonde hair and blue eyes, and they called themselves black. And really? I could not believe that. Yeah, they, I've never seen that. Yeah, they were whiter than my mother, who is white, German. And because of the creole blood and mixed and the the light skin over time create a very light skin, blue eyed, maybe even blonder hair or lighter hair or or light brown hair, but they refer to themselves as full black. And so- Whoa.
0: Yeah. Okay. I did not know this. Yes,
2: absolutely. Yeah. So Hmm. went to school, got to see that. Went to schools where it was heavily populated with Asian, Middle Eastern, Mm -hmm. um, even parts of Africa. So um, by the time I became an adult and moved back to Texas and now my friends, you know, they range from Panamanian to Puerto Rican to black to white to um, Indian. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, a a rainbow. And Mm -hmm. so looking back at my story, it, it put me in a position too where this the environment we lived in and depending on, you know, the hiring and even the layoffs of depending on who was in the office politically did that party help support our family in that time of need as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, some of those states were heavy uh, Democrats. some of mm-hmm. them were heavy Republican,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: even uh, my family church-wise, you know, some were Catholic, some were Methodist, some were uh, non-denomination, some were Baptist, and so even having that experience of different relationships mm-hmm. and people groups, and so when it came to this point of writing my story, it was write your story of. Your perspective of someone who's had to toe a foot on both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. both sides of the coin, mm-hmm. and that's where I got the title "half breed." Mm-hmm. It wasn't just being a, I love it. a half breed racially. Mm-hmm. It was being mm-hmm. a half breed, whether it was politically, socially, mm-hmm. racially, mm-hmm. financially. Because I think we can all identify with times of privilege and times of 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 lack, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, um, it's but out of that how does that create compassion mm-hmm. and empathy for someone else where you you can identify with the with their struggles mm-hmm. and bridging that gap and, and bringing mm-hmm. bringing um you know you can't see my hands right now but it's bringing two hands together mm-hmm. and grabbing and saying mm-hmm. hey i, I want to build a bridge with you
0: mm-hmm. instead of stay on this side instead of and you, you stay on that you side you stay on that side mm-hmm. you stay on that side no matter what it is so your yeah. book so your book you're saying um, in so many words yeah. is not just about being half black and half white right. it's about how do we how do we come together as people on yes. all fronts you may vote for yes. for a democrat and i may vote for a republican but how do we accept our differences. How do we unify? Mm. How
2: do we unify? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, it's a catchy phrase and, and the book cover makes it a little like, ooh, what is that about? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. really what it's about, it's about unity. Mm. It's about unifying.
0: So what why do you feel so passionate about it? I mean I feel passionate about yeah. it, but I don't feel called yeah. or led to write a book. Yeah. And so where like what where does that where, where does that come from?
2: That's a really great question because like I said, I didn't up until that point, mm-hmm. I didn't feel com- um, compelled or compelled called, or called mm-hmm. to. I can only say it's it's in a divine intervention that God literally put it on my heart to say it's time, this mm-hmm. is literally your assignment mm-hmm. this I is this that. is your assignment mm-hmm. um, Ironically or coincidentally, however anyone wants to see see that. A few days ago, about two weeks ago, August 25th, was the 400-year anniversary of when slavery started in America, when white and black were divided. Mm -hmm. On that exact same day was my mother and father's 40-year wedding anniversary Mm, of when white and black were united. Mm -hmm. And then their daughter had an opportunity that same day to speak on reconciliation and unity on that exact same day. You did. I did. Where'd you speak? So it was a Facebook Live, uh, pod, uh, Facebook Live uh, to an audience of of women who um, who are seeking to better themselves and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, sort of like your podcast, you know, overcome mm-hmm. obstacles and such. But it's a great opportunity to uh, awesome. speak on that very topic on such a big historical mark.
0: It's really beautiful. So how how if any I'm not yeah. trying to put this on you but yeah. how have you experienced racism yeah. if at all in your life Yeah.
2: Um, so first I'll say that or have you Yeah. So you know and I think and we all have right. What I'll say is my mother and my father and um, I won't give away the opening how open my book but my father and mother did such a phenomenal job to raise me and my sisters that you are. Half white, you're half white, you're half black, you're both. You don't pick one side or the other. And for us to fully embrace that we were mixed, that we were biracial. Mm-hmm. And so my perspective in life has always been, I'm both. Mm-hmm. Now, society has always tried to say, you have okay. at least you know, the one drop black, black blood rule, you're black. Mm-hmm. And so whether it was statistics or on forms or school paperwork. How do
0: you fill out a form?
2: Well, I put I both.
0: It's <laughs> a great question, right?
2: So, <laughs> growing up, my mother would always does it, put, says white, black, it says white, black, white, black, Hispanic, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the eighties. Now you have more choices, but in mm-hmm. the eighties you got three choices, mm-hmm. and so my mother would always choose white and black, and she would write in white slash black on every single form we ever filled out. <laughs> I love well, that well, but guess what? When the form came back to us in its final form, as to you know, confirming phone numbers, address, and race, it yeah, would, like what does it say in your driver's license? Yeah. <laughs> Is that is that an option on on a driver's is license? It? I don't I so. Remember, is it? I have to look. I'll I got look. I got a <laughs> ticket the other day
1: for my inspection, and it had it had uh, ethnicity and race on there. So that's why I was said, wondering. Oh, and okay. I'm not sure if that came off my driver's license well, or not. Be, but I'm I, like for know, official I, documents, <laughs> I'm wondering
0: how that how that well, shows
2: up. Here's the deal: official documents, most time the government will choose race black for me because because if you if you have any black in you, then if you're you have black. Any black, in they you. identify then you're all you black. as black. They identify me as black. Right. So. It was they all, you know, for the most part, the, your choice was taken away, right? Right? And it's so. not on. It's, it's not, not, not on, on our driver's oh, okay. license. Maybe, maybe it used to be, huh? I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You no, know, that's a know. great. No, it's a great. <laughs> no, now but I that's reality. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's reality. It's mm-hmm. what most farms, mm-hmm. And so it was ironic because that's every year so it come back black. Now I have one sister, my third sister. One year her form came back saying white. And so my sisters and I, all of us start busting out laughing because we said, oh, you've cracked the system. You're white. <laughs> and we all start laughing because mm-hmm. we had never had that as an option before, you know? Mm-hmm. So that That's said, our perspective was always, we're we're mixed. Mm-hmm. We're mixed. We're not white. We're not black. And so we're both. Mm-hmm. And we embrace both equally. Mm-hmm. But that said, yeah, you know, what, what I would say is, you know, I would hear, oh, you have good hair. You know, and I felt like, I got had both, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hear from my white friends, you have a really great tan. Mm-hmm. I would hear from my black friends, you have really great hair. Mm-hmm. And so I really embraced that. Now that said, did I hear an undertone of when I got older, when I could recognize it from my black friends where they would call me yellow or yella or light bright. And it was really more in maybe in a, you know, maybe whether it was jealousy or a little bit of envious mm-hmm. or just a little bit of um, anger towards me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. I could sense that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, you know, one of the most vivid memories I have of being made fun of, of being biracial was actually from another biracial person (laughs) in middle school. And so she was making fun of me and telling everyone that I was mixed and making fun. She's half black. That doesn't, it doesn't that make, doesn't any, make sense. any sense. Well, she, but mm-hmm. no one knew that she was mixed. She actually was being raised by her white mother. She didn't even know her dad, her black father. Oh, wow. And so I found that out later. And so I just, you know, later in life, you reflect and say, you know, I'm pretty sure she was taking out on me what she was taking out on her dad. Mm-hmm. She didn't have mm-hmm. a relationship with her dad, with mm-hmm. her black father. And mm-hmm. so I assume maybe she identified with her, with her white mother. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, made fun of me for being biracial and being half black. But, um, you know... For the most part, I felt my perspective was always I had the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. though I know I I experienced discrimination, but I didn't I didn't live a life with a lens that everything that someone said to me in a negative way was because of my razor being mixed. Yes, that's right? good. Yeah. And, and because
0: that, there are people who do that. You absolutely. know, they they walk around kind of with the chip on absolutely. their shoulder about and you don't
2: have to you don't yes. have to You don't have to. Yes. Absolutely. And well, I and it's I, not always about race. It's not always about race or and, religion and even if it is, yeah, you you can or, brush it off, yeah, right? And yeah. so and I learned that from my dad yeah. and my dad my dad is black and he experienced real racism in the time mm-hmm. of segregation in the segregated mm-hmm. south. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that taught me I'll never let my race or discrimination hold me back from anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I talk about that in my book from the the lens, right? We can mm-hmm. we can live our life with the lenses we see out of or mm-hmm or overly heightened or sensitive. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if you're a person who's been bullied, no matter if it's race or your religion or your weight mm-hmm. or your freckles or your eyes or your lazy eye, no matter mm-hmm. what you would, were bullied over in life, we can allow that to make us oversensitized about that feature. Mm-hmm. And so we judge and think everything goes, that back, people to that. goes back to that. And mm-hmm. we're being you know judged on that. Mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. And so I do believe that people live their life like that with race they allow race to they that's they see that that's the lens they look through right and so but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they didn't experience legitimate hurt and pain Right. Racially, right? Right. But we can't allow that to hold us back right. from, you know, accomplishing. Define us Define or keep us, keep, yes. keep us stuck. Does, Absolutely.
1: Does that kind of mean, though, that you're able to, you know, you could make objective observations about either white people or black people and nobody could perceive that as you being racist because, you know, you're both. So, I mean, there's no discriminatory slant yeah, to it.
2: I, I think that it's put me in a unique situation mm-hmm. because, um, definitely i have a white mother and i have white cousins and i have a white mm-hmm. grandmother and i have a white grandfather and i love them so much mm-hmm. and i've experienced that life you know i've experienced their, their music and their mm-hmm. food and their in their culture and their religion mm-hmm. and i have a black grandmother and a gra- black grandfather and black cousins and i love them so much and i've mm-hmm. listened to their music and dance with them and eat their food right mm-hmm. so because i'm both i believe it has put me in this unique position to speak to both objectively yes with truth and honesty where they both are willing to possibly accept and hear what I have to say, because they would not perhaps be willing or in a position to hear what each other had to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. So my answer, long answer to that is yes. I yeah. love the way that perfect you answer. just start. To, yeah. It's and a perfect answer. I think great, question. Too, great question. Great no, question. You know, what, and that's a great reminder because I think that is what is fueling this book or my my passion about this now is seeing. I have this unique position, I yes, have this unique opportunity, and I need to use it mm-hmm. for the good, mm-hmm. for the good, because mm-hmm. of the condition, the position that our country and our nation has been in, yeah. and, and down to our, it's just not our nation; it's in down to our families and our yeah. communities and yeah. people we love and, and yeah. that we go to church with and go to school with that and we work, work with. with, and mm-hmm. they're so um, distraught and so. Yeah. Um, discouraged yep. by what's happening in our nation. And yeah. so that's what's fueling me to use my voice that I've been privileged, that God's yeah. given me. Yeah.
0: You really are in a very unique position. I mean, yeah. and and you do have, you, your, your words and your perspective is going to weigh more than just a white person yeah. or just a black person. Right. Because you do, do you... I know that you love, you know, you just said it beautifully how yeah. you love each yeah, and differently probably yeah. and, and probably get different things out of yeah. both sides. Right. Um, but do you identify more with one over the other? Do yeah. you identify as being more, do you feel like you're more, I
2: know this probably is a weird question. No, but it's a great Do you question.
0: feel more black or do you feel more white? Do you identify more with one or the other?
2: You know, it probably depends on what it is. So meaning music mm-hmm. while growing up, um, I've listened to all array of music and I actually didn't listen to much of any country music at all ever until I moved to Texas and, and I actually, didn't know black people actually listen to country music, so I actually thought that was pretty <laughs> hilarious. But hey, um, I'm white, and I hate country. Music. <laughs> exactly. See, see, Seattleites don't listen to country music. We actually make fun of people who listen to country music. So you know, moving to Texas, where everyone listens to country, so it's even those you know unique situations like that. But if it comes to music, I probably would sway a little bit more to your R&B and soul. Now, so did my mother. My mother is white, and my mother grew up on Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm, you know, and so mm-hmm. and that's how my my dad and her met um, on the dance floor. But um, if it comes to food, um, probably equal, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. I went, I had Thanksgiving where we had pumpkin pie at my grandma, Oma, mm-hmm. but I had sweet potato pie at Big Mama's house, I right? Want sweet potato pie at <laughs> Big Mama's house. <laughs> she <laughs> makes the best sweet potato pie ever. So I will never be able to replicate that. Um, you know, so it just really probably depends on you know mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what arena mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, and again, going back to that, because society from a very young age always defined me and said, because you're half, means you're all you're black, mm-hmm. and so you need mm-hmm. to identify with that. Mm-hmm. And so, I
0: I think that that is one of the most interesting things that has come out of this conversation mm-hmm. because it's so true. Yes, like I have never thought about that. Yeah. but that but that is a hundred percent true. Like you're more, if you're white and black, you're black. Right. That's how, that's how somebody who's not black sees you. You are way more black than you are white to me. And
2: that's like, why? right? Like that's weird. Absolutely. And and it's funny because my mother is more biracial than my father. You know, my dad is African-American, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. he has some (laughs) Cherokee in there, right? But my mother is half German, you know, at least one fourth Irish, and at least one-fourth Polish, and then throw some other French and stuff in there. I mean, she's more biracial, really, right? Yeah. yeah. And she was born in Germany. You know, my dad was born and raised in one place his whole life. Mm -hmm. My mother moved around, you know, because she was also an army brat. She's more biracial than my father. Mm -hmm. Yet, when it comes to speaking of anyone who's mixed or biracial, Mm -hmm. um, or um, it it really tends to go to someone who has color, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so... um, that's very interesting, for sure. But you know, I would even say from the black community, if I'm half black, typically the black community will 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 um, assume that I also consider myself to be black mm. as well. Mm. So you, you, so it's it, on both sides. It's on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And I think too, because society, because uh, the government, you know, so many years ago, or you know, society. Was if you had the one black drop rule, you had to you were defined as black. So mm-hmm. then the black mm-hmm. community understands that, and and they've been you know it is what it is, and so but you're right. I don't I don't get to choose to be white if I want to. Right. 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 I um, don't. I don't get to. You know, society says you're black, and mm-hmm. so I've had to fight to say I'm both. Mm-hmm. I'm mixed. I'm yeah. I'm not one or the other. I'm both.
0: That's really profound to yeah. me. I'm sure everybody listening is like how have you never thought about this before yeah but to me it's it's a really yeah. interesting and profound thought yeah i think you are sure.
2: i think that's probably the biggest really the, you know for the book it's because i didn't i couldn't i didn't have to choose one of them i mean i had to fight to choose to be both mm-hmm. but i didn't have to be white i would have to be black and so because of this biracial mixed viewpoint i don't have to be republican mm-hmm. i don't have to be democrat i don't mm-hmm. have to be baptist i don't have to be catholic mm-hmm. i can have a foot on both sides mm-hmm. i can be a, a half breed and, and mm-hmm. we can all really identify with that we yes. can all really choose to be yes. a half breed in yes. whatever space that we're talking about yeah. and we don't have to be so polarized yeah. where we cannot
0: yes right well Cross you know barriers. you know what i think and and I, this just kind of came to me i think there's a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. you know i think that I think white people make a lot of assumptions Mm. about black people. I think black people make a lot of assumptions about white people and we kind of put each other, you know, I have three black kids and I, I work full time at a company called Wisteria that I, I love so much. And one of the best parts of my job is I oversee the call center department Yeah, and every single person who works in the call center Mm -hmm. is black. Yeah, and, and, if I did not have my three black children, right. I don't think that I would have the relationship right. that I have with the people there.
2: Right.
0: It's like I automatically um, am accepted mm-hmm. into their group mm-hmm. because now I'm one of them mm-hmm. because I have three black children. Right. And... Um, I, I and I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful that they embrace me yeah. and accept me, right. and that we have. The, they they make me laugh. Yeah. I love them yeah. so much. Yeah, and, and the best part of my job is is working with the people in in the call center. Truly. Yeah. And but out so the call center is in its own room. Right. Outside of that room. Yeah. Is where all the white people are, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and offices mm-hmm. and and they're everybody. Everybody thinks they're lovely. They're, mm-hmm. It's not like we're segregated, you know, right. it's Abs- like right. segregate. Right. that's not what I am implying, right? But I know mm-hmm. that there are a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. on both sides. Absolutely, you know, there is a something about about the other, right? And um and and. I appreciate and love yeah. that my children yeah. have opened up this world mm-hmm. to me and given me not only permission but, but uh, kind of a ticket, yeah. you know, to be accepted by the black community yeah. and whatever assumptions are made about me, those walls kind of come down yeah. when they find out that yeah. I have three black kids. Yes, you know, absolutely. And uh, it's like I, in a way, become one of them. Absolutely. You know, I, I, so like, like you, yeah. but to your point, yeah. um, this took me a long time to get to, <laughs> to the <laughs> damn point. <laughs> but the, like, why does it take being yeah. half breed mm-hmm. or having black children yeah. for walls to come down? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's why I keep, I'm wondering like, well, how do I get there?
2: Yes. But, you know, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think here, here's, and I talk about this in the book too, is you, you showed yourself an ally you are a bridge maker and how were you a bridge maker you showed yourself as an ally of you intentionally crossed that bridge you you created the bridge first of all mm-hmm. and you then walked across that bridge to go and adopt black children you showed yourself as an ally sure
0: but right? how i guess my question is how is people yeah how is a community how yeah. is a how is a world do we break i mean how does kevin yeah who's the whitest of white. <laughs> yes. It, how do I
1: break is, down those In his Be
0: khakis ahead. and plaid shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how does yeah. how does the average person who's yeah. not gonna who's not half, half right. black half white or gonna yeah. adopt any black children? Yes. How do how does how do we break how do how do black people yeah p- make a bridge? How do white people make a bridge? And yeah. how do we
2: all walk across it? It's relationships relationships and it all comes down to relationships. If we look around our circle of our closest friends, 5, mm-hmm. 10, 20, you look at them do they all look like us they all talk like us? are they all on our, our same financial sphere of influence mm-hmm. our, our race are our, you know our same denominations? Mm-hmm. Um, do they all work with us you know how different are we are we intentional? of making relationships with people who don't look, sound, talk, smell like us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to, is relationship. Like we're so all true. interconnected. Asking in this questions, world. finding Asking out their questions, stories, finding their stories absolutely. I've been a part of this really um powerful um what do you call it? It's like a process, uh, dialogue process um and it's called living room conversations and it's really amazing and what it is is you, a group of people you get together and you simply share your experience and there's no judge you don't you don't ju- you don't share your opinion because when we share opinions it's just that it's our opinion and opinions offend people and mm-hmm. and and may lack uh, empathy mm-hmm. um but sharing your experience breaks down barriers and walls because if you tell me your story, you know, I can judge you easily just on how you look. You know, you, you look and I don't know. I mean, I know that you're half Spanish. you You look like a white lady with blonde hair. Mm-hmm. So I can assume she doesn't know the trouble or the mm-hmm. or the obstacles of being black or half black mm-hmm. until you tell me I've adopted three black children mm-hmm. and you know what it's like to have to deal with black children' hair and what mm-hmm. the children have to deal with going mm-hmm. to schools mm-hmm. where maybe they're the only black children, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've just broken down some walls, right? Mm-hmm. But that only comes through you and I sharing our experience, our life experience. True. Not your opinion, mm-hmm. not my opinion, mm-hmm. not my opinion that I don't think that white women should, white right? people should uh, adopt black children. I've heard that. I'm sure you've heard that. I know you've heard that now, right? I actually haven't heard that. You never heard that before. No, I'm okay. sure people think. I mean, I've okay.
0: I've, I've had you know. A lot of questions. People stare all the time. People are always trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. What's going on? I think they think I'm like big brother, big sister. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're probably like, like, this is my sponsor child when I'm like school shopping. Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Right?
0: You could
1: observe you very briefly, though, and you realize that those are your kids. I mean, just because of the interaction. Yeah. Yeah,
2: probably. Probably so. But But that breaks down the barriers is now you share your life experience and how much you love them and, mm-hmm. what, and what you've gone through to raise them and intentionalized your adopting them and bringing them home. and mm-hmm. um, or, or Kevin's story, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin's sharing his story of growing up. If he grew up in an all-white neighborhood, what was that like? Mm-hmm. And you know his interaction, that's what creates a bridge mm-hmm. and creates compassion for someone else. It's simply relationship mm-hmm. and sharing our experiences rather than our opinions. Yeah,
0: that's really good. You know, I have to say... The last few years, you know, it seems, it seems like, I mean, and i you know, I've, I've only had my children for nine, nine yeah. years, but I, when I was growing up, yeah. um, my mom was prejudiced. Mm. My mom, which was hilarious because wow. she's yeah. Spanish right, and she was racist against black people. Yeah. She did not want us to be friends with black wow. people. You know, there was, right. it was, it was a us them mentality yeah. and none of us agreed with her. Like all of us, obviously, you know, none of us (laughs) subscribed to that mentality or, or that, that bent. So it seemed, but it seemed like when I was growing up, a lot more people were were racist. And then it seemed like we went through this period of time Mm -hmm. where it was like, we were getting it together as a, as a society. Like we were working through, it was becoming less strange Mm -hmm. for white white and black people mm-hmm. to date or right. marry her. it was becoming more accepting right. and then i mean you're so right the last few years mm-hmm. um tensions Absolutely. have have been growing again right and and i mean i have to, i have to talk to my children right. about it's real it's real racism it's real is real Absolutely. there are my sons have been called nigger yeah. they have and yeah. I, like saying that chokes right. me up. Absolutely. I can't believe mm-hmm. that it's still happening. Right. Um but it is. Right. And and you know, they've learned that right. somewhere. Right. And whether it's a school or their parents, parents or yeah. or, mm-hmm. or y- y- social media, like, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And um, you know, I just the, the whole police thing, right. you know. It's real. It's real. I don't want it to be real. Right. It's real. It's real. And I know that there are great police out there. Mm, absolutely. So I'm not going to put everybody absolutely. in a category. Absolutely. But I, there are there are parents who don't want their children to date my children. Right. And if my son puts a cute blonde mm-hmm. in the back seat mm-hmm. and her dad doesn't like black people, right. that could be a, a much bigger problem right. than... If he was a cute blonde boy. Right. You know, and I, I hate. Right. And when I say hate, mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. that I have to have these conversations with my children. Absolutely. And it's it's not right. Absolutely. It's not right. Absolutely. And and it's it's I know we've come so far. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have come so far, mm-hmm. but we still have so far to go. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, We are all God's children. Absolutely. And there is not a damn thing that makes anyone better than anybody else. That's right. And we all have a calling on our life. That's right. And we have all been created for something.
2: Absolutely. And
0: I mean, color doesn't matter. Amen. And if you're listening to this and color matters, Mm -hmm. then you... You got to get it right with God. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what it comes down Absolutely. to. I really believe that. Absolutely,
1: it's. You made me feel very fortunate though that I'm a white guy who grew up in a white neighborhood with white parents, and there yes. was zero racism in yeah. our household. Like that was never a thing. Oh, yeah. and I know it. A lot of people, you know, that's not the case for a lot, yeah. especially in Texas. Right. But I mean, I think I'm just very fortunate that that was never an issue. Yeah,
0: you are. Yeah. I mean, because it's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's crazy
1: that in 2019 there's still so many of these absolutely. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you know, everybody thinks it's really what I did was really great. Yeah. But not everybody wants would do it. Right. Or wants their daughter to date my son. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. They'll look at me and think, "God, oh, that's
2: great." Yeah. For you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But you
0: know this—it it really is to me. Racism is a spiritual issue. Absolutely, I, it really is a spiritual. You don't understand mm-hmm. God Absolutely. if you have that kind of heart towards Absolutely. Hum, towards His creation Absolutely. And, and humanity.
1: Yeah, I think you got to look inward. That's more of an yes. issue with yourself than it is. Yeah, other hit people. It, and, you
2: hit the the nail on the head, and and that's what the core of my book gets to is. You know, Martin Luther King did amazing things for our country in civil Mm -hmm. rights. When he passed, you know, the government took that civil rights, that mantle really on their shoulders and created law, which is great. Great. The integration and no more segregation. But law does not determine the heart. Mm -hmm. It cannot change the heart. Mm -hmm. And so the very place where we need change is the heart. And that Mm -hmm. is a spiritual place. It is an inward reflection. And the reality is, you know, many churches on Sunday, you know, you can go, football stadiums are more diverse and more integrated and more <laughs> unified than the churches. So true. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those who are of faith need to really have even more introspection and yeah. reflection of their hearts and really, am I really reflecting what God says about me and people? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, Our father Abraham was was going to be a father of many nations, Mm -hmm. not of one color or one race. Mm -hmm. And Mm so um, that's where change probably has to really come from, Mm -hmm. is the heart. And it's a spiritual condition, really, of our hearts for the people of faith. And we have to take a lead. If we expect the world to change, it has to start with us first. Yeah, Amen amen okay how do people get your book okay how you get my book so it's available on amazon right now on pre-order so in three weeks it will be shipping out to every home oh so it's brand spanking new yeah it's brand spanking new yes right right right, hot off the press yeah october 8th is the publishing date so it's available on amazon uh half breed finding unity in a divided world and, uh, and if you type in half breed, you should find out, or you'll find the album by Cher from 1970. So one okay. or the other. <laughs> okay. Well, look for the book.
0: <laughs> you are you are spectacular. Thank and you. And you have been obedient. Thank and you. And I thank you for both. Thank um, you. Because um, it's not easy to no. share your story. It's not right. easy to 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 say the things that you're saying. Right. And and I'm so thankful because you do have a voice thank you. and you have a platform and and you have experience and thank and you have a unique perspective that very few people can could really speak to it and make a difference so thank you for what thank you're you doing so much i can't wait to
2: read it thank i can't wait i you have know. a copy <laughs> okay good luck thank good you luck. so really much thank you. you so glad to be here awesome thank, thank you, you.